queen. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Am I beyond delighted to share with you today's incredible interview with Sahara Rose, my dear friend who just exudes all things femininity, spirituality, wisdom, goddess energy in such a powerful, abundant way. You are just going to be so filled up and feel like you have full-blown permission to be yourself, be your best self, and know that that's going to be the way that you're actually going to just thrive the most in life financially and otherwise. If you don't already know Sahara, she's kind of considered an ancient soul in a modern body. She's often called a leading voice for the millennial generation into the new paradigm shift. She's done so many cool things. Deepak Chopra wrote the foreword for her book. She's the best-selling author of Eat, Feel Fresh, Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda, A Yoga Path, and what we talk a lot about in today's interview is Discover Your Dharma. It is her brand new book that is out this month. She hosts the Highest Self Podcast, which is the number one spirituality podcast on iTunes. It's got 25 million downloads. She's just here to remind you of your purpose so you can embody your sacred mission on this planet. So it is my great, great pleasure to warmly welcome you into the conversation with my dear friend, Sahara Rose. So this coffee stage is oftentimes what we're the most afraid of, but really need as a society. Now, 2020 was a very coffee year. <laughs> the, the first year ever that I would say, wow, we all actually had to take a sacred pause. So we all got to really sit into what are the decisions that I'm making? Are they in alignment with their truth? And I think the decisions that we made this year were maybe decisions that could have taken us five or 10 years. You've gotten great at divine working, but what about divine living? Welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. I'm your host, Gina DeVee. You're not alone in wanting more. And here at the Divine Living Podcast, you can expect to be part of conversations from women like us who unapologetically dream big and are obsessed with manifesting our most fabulous lives. The conversation starts now. Sahara Rose, welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. I have been waiting for this moment, looking forward to not just being with you, but really diving in deep on what's happening in your life personally, and also this new book you've got coming out. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, when two queens get together, it's just so much fun. <laughs> yes, yes. I love our queen goddess collaboration, collaboration. Yes. <laughs> now, well, let's start with something a little personal because we all love a personal that you mm -hmm. just moved to tell me everything. How is it? Yeah. So, you know, I always wanted to live somewhere tropical. Ever since I was young, I was like, I want to live on the beach. I want to live somewhere tropical. I love the warm weather. It feels good on my skin. I'm very vata. So I get like cold and dry really easily. But, you know, I ended up living in LA kind of just like coincidentally and um, met my husband there and his work is in the music industry. So it's very LA location centric. That's where his offices were, et cetera. So when COVID happened, you know, it was obviously really scary for a lot of people in the music industry because they didn't know when festivals would come back, concerts come back, kind of like on the list of essential things like Coachella is like the last thing that needs to come back and probably one of the most like high risk things. So they were kind of waiting like, you know, one festival, one show after another was being canceled and then really looking at 
we don't know when the music industry is going to come back to the way that it was. It needs to totally shift to being more online focused. They had to shut down their offices. And that gave us the opportunity that we don't have to be anywhere anymore. And then we started to really think of, well, where would we want to live? And for me, I was like, I want to live in Bali and Hawaii and like all of these places. And he was like, I feel like that's a later in life place, but not like a right now. Cause he still really wanted to be, you know, he's, he's a guy. He wants to be more in like the buzz of things and in the music scene as well. So we were kind of going around locations. We just kept coming back to Miami. It has, it has the tropical weather. It has that side, but it also is part of the U S same time zones, et cetera. So we decided to visit and I loved it. And I had a lot of fears, like fears of, you know, leaving the community and everyone's still going to be friends and I'm going to be out of it. And, you know, we have such an epic group of friends that took Mm -hmm. me years to like find these people that I'm like, I don't want to just like leave it and be this like lone wolf. But honestly, ever since I've moved here, it has felt like such an expansion energetically. It has felt really like a queendom. I'm living in double the size of a place. I'm paying $500 more than I would have. I'm not paying state income tax, which is also pretty great. And it just feels so much more like luxury and big and expansive. I have my own office. He has his own office. And it feels like such an up-leveling. And I share this because this year has thrown a lot of things to us that we would have never expected, you know? Mm -hmm. And it came from taking that opportunity of something that is, you know, a tragic incident and then seeing what freedom is this now giving me and how can I best move forward. So I'm so glad that I did. And now I'm convincing you to move here too. Oh, well, <laughs> not much arm twisting that's going to be needed there. That's for sure. That's right. Well, you look like you're just glowing. You always do, but you look extra Miami fresh today, goddess. Yes, yes, yes. So you mentioned that you're Veta. And I don't know if that my entire community knows what that is and what the options are. So why don't we dive into your work in that way? Yeah. So I teach something called Ayurveda. And a lot of people may have heard the word before, but it's the world's oldest health system. And it's the sister science of yoga. So when you're doing a yoga practice and you leave the yoga mat and you're like, I want to change how I eat and I want to meditate more and I want to you know, put oils on my skin and all of these other things that come around yoga, that's Ayurveda. So for me, my journey began with my own health issues. I had digestive issues, hormonal imbalances, was you know prescribed all these prescription medications, doctors told me I would never be able to have kids. And that's what brought me on the journey of discovering Ayurveda. So Ayurveda literally means the knowledge of life. So central to Ayurveda are the concept that not one food or one meditation or one practice or one purpose is the same for all of us. It really depends on your archetype. And these archetypes are called the dosha. So the word dosha is your energy type or your elemental type. So People who are very airy, that that word is called vata. So how it feels physically is you will feel like air. So cold, dry, quick moving. You come up with a lot of ideas. You're big picture. You're creative. You're artistic. Think of that's like the air. It flows. It channels. You don't know which direction it's going to go in. And the shadow side of that, and everything has a light and a shadow side, is sometimes you get really overwhelmed. You have all these different ideas. You don't know what to focus on. You know, the moment you're like, I'm going to do this, then you're like, oh, I actually want to do that. And I want to do that. And it's because there's so much air circulating. So there's a gift and there's a beauty in that. So for example, relating it to someone's purpose, these are the people who are going to be like your ideas people. Like, come to me, you know, whenever you need to you know, think of branding or think of something big pictures, think of something creative. That's their natural born gift. You're like, that's me. 
You don't strike me as someone who gets easily overwhelmed. You know, I, that was my biggest problem actually, you know, especially in my concept of finding my purpose. My issue was I had so many different ideas and they were radically different. I'm like, I want to start a skincare company. I want to start a clothing line. Now I want to be a shaman. Now I want to be this. And it's like, you just can't do them all. So these, you know, Vata people, creative type of people, that's the gift. And they probably will go through many different passions in their lives, but the obstacle for them is to take action on something long enough to bring it to life. And then once you brought something to life, you have, you know, your podcast going up or you have your Etsy store or whatever it is, you're not going to quit and jump to the next idea because you have stake in the game. You have people depending on you. You you've brought this into now the fire energy. So that fire energy is called Pitta. So these are people who are naturally very like, get shit done, type A, like I have an idea, let's do it. Let's come up with the system. Let's come up with the action plan. So they may not even think of the idea fully before they just go into taking action. Like that's just who they are. They're like, let's go, let's get into it. And the beauty of that is they are change makers. They are people who really are shifting the world because they're not letting it just stay in the periphery of their mind. They're bringing it to the manifested form. And then the shadow side of that is sometimes they can get so caught in the doing, 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 doing that they end up burning themselves out, excess fire. So that's when they're like, well, customers need me or people like this. And they're not listening to themselves because in the process of bringing any project to life, you're going to change. So from just moving to that Vata, the creative to the Pitta stage. I'm I'm obsessed because I'm pretty sure I'm Pitta. So wait, say that last thing again, because anything Pitta brings to life, I'm going to change. So when you are on the journey of bringing your Dharma, your purpose to life, Mm -hmm. that journey from the Vata, the creation to the Pitta, the execution, it takes a lot. Mm -hmm. It takes you to make decisions. It causes you to look at your limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. It shifts you fundamentally as a person. So yes. what often happens is people have their genius idea. I want to do this thing. They take action on it. They're doing it, doing it, doing it. But in that process, which could be months or maybe years, they've shifted. Now, when we hold on to that pitta, that fire stage for too long, we're not taking that sacred pause. We're not taking that breath away from it, we're on that hamster wheel of, well, this is what's working. This is what I wanted. This is, this is what I dreamed of. So I should just keep on doing it this exact way. And that's when the universe begins to respond to you. And it starts to tap, 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 you know, something feels a little bit off. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling like I don't want to show up. Most of the time we say, toughen up, keep going, just get, get enough grit and strive through it. And then the universe responds, knock, 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 punch, punch, punch. Still, oftentimes we don't listen. That can feel like adrenal fatigue, burnout, panic attacks. And oftentimes we keep going. Life's tough. Get a helmet, just get even stronger, get back in the ring, You know, try to bust open another door. And that's when the universe responds in a collision, a breakdown, something so big that you can't help but to look at your life a different way. Now, different people need different levels of breakdown. You know, some people need to hit that rock bottom is going to be very different for each person. Mm -hmm. However, the more you get in touch with your intuition, the more that you're able to feel when something's off, you don't need to hit rock, like the breakdown every single point. You can feel, okay, I'm feeling a little bit off. I'm, I'm feeling like I'm not really using my gifts right now and make that shift. So 
the trick for especially the pits of people who can just kind of strive through anything and get through it and power, power up. And that's like oftentimes words we hear in like the entrepreneurial community, which is super pitta. But then what happens is then you catch yourself 10 years later, like I've just been working on something that wasn't in alignment with my truth. So the dosha you got to go into next from, from having the pitta is the kapha and that's the earth energy. So this is that space between the inhale and the exhale. This is the sacred pause. This is, you know, taking a vacation or taking a walk or taking a shower or when you're creatively stuck to not just, you know, drink another cup of coffee and power through it, but to let it come to you. And oftentimes this is so tough for us because we live in such an action-oriented society. So we're like, if I want more results, I got to take more action. And that got you from the vata to the pitta. So it does make sense. It's a belief you picked up in the idea to the execution phase. But to get to that next level, cough is reevaluation. You got to step back. So we, I'm sure you've noticed too, Gina, in writing your book and creating your courses and masterminds that your best ideas never come when you're like, burnt out on your laptop, like, come on source, give one to me. It's when you step away and you Always just are traveling. open to receive it. Mm-hmm. Always tra- like the team, like they brace themselves for when I come back, because that's where all the ideas come. Like, this is like, all right, we're closing this down. We're starting this. All the ideas come when traveling. Exactly. So that's because you removed yourself from it. You're out of that, that heat. So you can ground into the earth and that's when you can receive. So this coffee stage is oftentimes what we're the most afraid of, but really need as a society. Now, 2020 was a very coffee year. <laughs> the, the first year ever that I would say, wow, we all actually had to take a sacred pause. So we all got to really sit into what are the decisions that I'm making? Are they in alignment with their truth? And I think the decisions that we made this year were maybe decisions that could have taken us five or 10 years that happened this year. Like, if you know, exactly. Like for us thinking about moving, it just happened this year. Maybe if not, it would have taken years or leaving a relationship or starting a new career or whatever it was for you. So it was, it just shows how much in that sacred pause we can change now. Oftentimes, especially as women, especially as nurturers, caregivers, mothers, we get stuck in that pause. We get stuck in that feeling of, you know, I don't know what to do next. I feel so overwhelmed. I feel so behind. I don't want to waste my efforts and take action on something that's not going to really work out. So we get stuck and then we lose that momentum. Mm-hmm. So this is when, you know, oftentimes I women, they're like, you know, I raised my kids and I don't know how to get back into the workforce. It feels so different now. Or if someone was ill for a while, they're like, I don't know how I'm going to like pick those wheels up going again. So from this kapha stage, the stage of the reevaluation, my recommendation is to dream. It's to visualize. It's to think big. It's to not go back into the pitta, get shit done, like ass to the grass. That's not the medicine you need at this time. It's to think, okay, what would my ideal day look like? What would it, what would my lifestyle look like? And you let yourself go back into that vata, into that dream state. And naturally, an idea is going to be so passionate within you that you can't help but to take action. So I kind of use these doshas as my map, like looking at where I'm at with any kind of purpose project that I'm bringing to life. Am I in the idea stage, the execution stage, the reevaluation stage, and what's next? So instead of trying to, you know, 
keep doing or, or keep brainstorming or wherever it is you naturally get stuck based off what your doshas are highest in, you can look at, okay, I'm in the kapha. Let me move to the vata. I'm in the vata, move into the pitta. So it's this like beautiful, like North star that you can continually be guided towards. Such a beautiful explanation. I've read so much about all of that and your delivery of that is just like, whoo, it makes so much sense. I love it. I love it. I love it. So speaking of your knowledge base, let's just go right into your new book that is out this month. So tell everyone the title of it and what it's about. I love it so much. Yeah. So it's called Discover Your Dharma, A Vedic Guide to Finding Your Purpose. And, you know, I obviously started writing this book before 2020 happened. And then this year really made me realize how important it is for people to find their dharma. We're at this time of massive career transition and change, and we're, we're going to continue to be in these shifts. So this really provides us with the opportunity to now, when the rug has been pulled from under our feet, where do we want to step forward? What are we going to take from this and use this as an opportunity to get to know ourselves better? And so for people that don't know what dharma means, just, mm-hmm. uh, define that. Yeah. So your dharma is your soul's purpose. It is the big reason why you are here. So it's different than your career or a job or a specific role that you play, but really it's more like your mission statement. So for example, your dharma could be to bring beauty to this world or to raise consciousness or to connect people to their hearts or to remind people of their queendom. So that's your mission statement. It's overarching. Now, the services under that mission statement are the roles you can play, careers, projects, all of the things that it can show up. So let's say yours, Gina, is to remind people of their of their queendom, of their royalty, and empower them to really lead as, as the embodiments of the queen that they are, right? So you can... You can run programs, you can write books, you can do a podcast, you can host events, you can do one-on-one coaching. There's so many things that you can do. It might even look a bit, you might start a jewelry line one day. You might do something, you know, a bit different. Journal. (laughs) (laughs) I just channel that from you because I could so see it. But you could do something different, but it's still reminding women of their queendom. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of people get confused of, well, maybe I don't have a purpose because I keep changing my mind or I keep doing different things. So Think about, for example, someone, maybe their dharma is to bring beauty to this world. So they may have worked as an interior designer, a florist, a graphic designer, a creative director, wedding planner. And they could say, you know what? I am, I'm so uncommitted. I keep changing my mind. I don't have a purpose. But really, the dharma was the same. The expressions of it were different. So your dharma is the red thread that really connects you with who you are and the unique expression that you're here to carry out in the world. And what would you say your dharma is? Mm. So my dharma is to raise consciousness, to connect people back to their hearts and show them that the spiritual journey can be fun. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's so you. It's yeah. so you. So, And what are people going to uh, find in this book? Totally. So Right now, I think a lot of us are really questioning, how can I better utilize my gifts? You know, we're all on this journey for happiness, right? But happiness to me is really the byproduct of living your purpose. You can't truly be happy until you are living in alignment with why you are here. And I think so many of us avoid this question because it's so big. It's like, why why am I here? It feels so colossal that the moment that we ask, we're like, what do I have to do today? What, what's what's on my checklist? Like, because it's so massive. And to really answer that question, you become a bigger person. 
So I've kind of taken this giant question of what's the purpose of my life and broken it down into steps. So we both love archetypes. I have these Dharma archetypes that people can find. And also going through the different setbacks that people experience, you know, three of the biggest things that are holding people back from living their Dharma are first of all, confusion. And this, I always labeled myself as a confused person because I was again, multi-passionate, trying different things. You're like, huh? But my parents would always tell me, you're so confused. You don't know what you want. Just don't like, don't even try because you're going to change your mind because I was expressing all these thoughts. But now I've realized that there's actually no such thing as confusion because confusion is just the process of evaluating your own truth. And in fact, it is a higher vibration than apathy. Apathy means I don't care. I'm just doing this. I'm not going to question it. Confusion means the wheels are spinning. You're wondering what else is out there. And we live in this society that has taught us to not question, to follow what's next, to follow the norm, that when someone begins questioning, we don't know what to do with that. So we label it as confused when really they're in this process of seeing, is this for me? Mm, I'm not sure. Is that for me? No, I'm not sure. And if we don't do that, how are we ever going to figure it out? You know, your dharma is, you're not going to read an instructional manual and like your dharma is right there. You've got to go through that process of trial and error and getting to know yourself. And then the more you get to know yourself, the less you got to go into those errors. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I can't wait to get my hands on your book. I know it's going to be so full of wisdom. And, you know, we have so many entrepreneurs listening to the Divine Living Podcast. And I, and I know that there's, just this thing in the community. Well, I can be successful if I'm a business coach or if I'm offering a money-making something or more of like the masculine, concrete, linear approaches to quote-unquote success. And I just think that it's, you are such a beautiful, exquisite reflection of a woman who has this thriving, successful business podcast, membership site, best-selling books, all the things, not on those subjects that people, and if I may say lovingly, use as an excuse of like that those are the people that can get the big success. So how many downloads does your podcast have now at this point, Sahara? I think 25 million. 25 million. <laughs> Highest self podcast, people. Go subscribe. Or you're probably You've been on it and it was epic. And so many people love that conversation. But, you know, I totally feel you because I used to have those same exact thoughts. I used to see when I started, you know, I was a health coach. And then I was like seeing all these coaches like pop off with their six figure launches and this and that. I'm like, I could never do that as a, as a health coach. So I had this like belief too that you got to talk about making money, manifesting abundance, et cetera, mm-hmm. to make money. But every time I would do it, it would just be so obvious to me that like, yeah, I could play this game, but it's not me. It's not why I was born. So what is the point of the abundance when I'm going back to the very thing that I didn't want to be a part of, which was not living in alignment with my purpose. Mm -hmm. And especially right now, and that's why your message is so important it is this rise of the divine feminine. Mm -hmm. It is this desire for people regardless of what level of financial success they have experienced, that they're wanting to connect more to this intuitive aspect of themselves, to their body's wisdom, to a more fluid way of living their lives. And it's interesting because it shows the ego's way of confining itself again. You leave your nine to five job and then you confine yourself again in this other rabbit hole of, I got to be a business coach and do things this way and, and hire this person. And what freedom did you really experience from that? But living your dharma is like being on a beach, right? When you're on a beach and you're on the sand, your dharma is the open waters. 
So to get to those open waters, you got to go through those waves. And the further away you are from your Dharma, the bigger those waves are going to be. So you might try to go out there and the first couple of times be knocked down to back to the shore and you'll be surrounded by other people like, oh yeah, don't even try. I, I tried to, you know, like tour with my band when I was in college and totally failed. So like, don't even try. It doesn't exist. Or I tried to do this and it didn't work. So stay where you are on the shores where it's familiar and it's safe and you're not going to totally be fulfilled, but at least we know where you are. And what it takes to make it out to those open waters is first of all, to trust that it exists. And second of all, to when those waves knock you down, when you have those experiences that don't feel like total flow and fluidity and divine feminine grace and all those things that we want, it takes a level of going back to your truth, unraveling, unconditioning, and that can feel like a lot of work, but you become stronger and you learn how to duck and you learn how to maneuver that then you make it out to these open waters and you're like, oh my goddess, this is what people have been talking about. This is what life can feel like. But I wouldn't have gotten there if I followed that path I was the most resistant to. So a lot of people read spiritual texts, follow the path of least resistance. But sometimes to get to the path of least resistance, you have to follow the path you are the most resistant to. Mm, mm, Preach, sister, (laughs) preach. I love it. I love it. I love it. So what do you attribute your biggest successes to? And when I say successes, I mean, because I I do want the entrepreneurial community to understand like your best-selling books, Deepak Chopra writing the foreword, $25 million. Why do you believe that you went from not even believing that was possible for you to manifesting that in relatively a very short amount of time? Yeah. So to me, it always comes down to you sharing your unique gifts in the way that only you can. So in the book, I have this process of finding your Dharma blueprint. And unknowingly, this is what I was doing the whole time. So I would look at what am I super excited about right now? So for me, it was Ayurveda. I love learning about Ayurveda. I'm studying Ayurveda. I want to talk about it. Like it's all I'm thinking about. I'm so excited about it. So that's my excitement there. What mediums now am I good at? Okay, I'm a good writer, naturally. I'm good at speaking. I'm good at communicating with people. I'm someone who can show up often. I can blog. You know, I started blogging more so on the nutrition and health 11 years ago. Okay, these are the mediums I'm good at. Now, what obstacles have I overcome? I've overcome health issues. I've overcome not knowing my dharma. I've overcome feeling confused, having familial issues. So that there goes that. Now, what is my superpower? What is my unique thing that only I can do? So for me, it is kind of bringing these ideas to life, you know, like kind of being this magician of like, I'm going to do this and just kind of going for it. Like sometimes even like storming and blindly taking action because I'm just so excited about it. And that's actually a superpower that I have. And then what is my Dharma archetype? So, you know, I was studying a lot about different archetypes and I would read about, you know, the priestess or the teacher or, you know, the Enneagram system, the doshas. And I would keep learning a new element of myself, human design, all of these things. So I would take them all together using my gifts, using my interests, using the the obstacles I've experienced that I've now broken down into this Dharma blueprint and just begun taking action towards that. So my biggest fear or thing I was the most embarrassed about and shameful about was my age, my lack of, I'm I'm too young to write a book on Ayurveda. No one cares about what I have to say. I'm not a doctor. I'm not this, I'm not that. 
But when I began to, instead of running away from that, begin to lead with that of, you know, I'm here to just share with you what, what my experiences are. I'm here to share with you as, you know, a millennial who's sharing this work. I'm here to share with you my voice. And I love to dance. I love to, you know, like be fun and playful. And I was hiding those sides of myself. But then the more I would bring those to the table, the more I would actually get a response from people. So I began to just show more different parts of myself that felt random, unintegrated and bringing them together. So the very fact that it's me as a millennial sharing my voice in the way that they do showing up in my kind of just like grounded, like not like super spiritual way is actually what made it stand out. And and that's going to be for my people. It's not going to be for everyone. So I often tell people who are like, I don't know how to stand out. I don't know how to like be seated in this world where there's so many people doing a similar thing than I want to be doing. It's what are you the most ashamed about? What are the things you don't want anyone to know about you? And how can you actually integrate that with your dharma? So brave, so sexy. Yes, yes, yes. So when you were the health coach and you decided to start your podcast, did you have the vision? You're like, you know what? One day I'm going to have $25 million. (laughs) No. (laughs) Do you know how my podcast started? I was talking about like Ayurveda, nutrition, digestion, food, very health-related But my personal interest shifted into spirituality because what happens when we go through our own healing journey is once you go through a level of physical healing, then you're like, well, what else is there? And it's mental healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing. So my interest shifted from, you know, I didn't want to learn everything about digestion and nutrition anymore because I fixed my own, right? And I had talked about it for so long and written about it for so long, seven years of doing it, five years as a one-on-one coach, like a while. So I really desired this place that I could speak about the things that I was excited about. But I had this fear that if I do it on my Instagram, which my Instagram was called Eat Feel Fresh. It wasn't even called my name. I was like, I got to stick to the brand. So let me create this whole other thing that this could be my outlet to talk about the things that I don't get to talk about on my Instagram, that I don't get to run programs and coach about. So it really started just as an outlet for me. And then the more I started to share in that outlet, the more that my passion began to cultivate in that direction, but then also response that I would get. So I know so many people are afraid of pivoting. They're afraid of, you know, I don't want to lose my current client base audience because they're expecting this type of thing from me. So that's why I felt more comfortable starting a whole new platform doing that. So it it felt like I could like have this place where you're not expecting something of me. And then eventually when that grew and that became more of my passion... Then on my Instagram, I'm like, yo, things are going to change around here. Like, I am not going to share recipes and stuff like that anymore. And it, I totally get if I'm not going to be part of your journey. And so grateful for you being here. And I changed it to my name. And guess what? The opposite happened. I found more and more people. And that doesn't mean, you know, sometimes we're like those 1,000 core followers, right? There's like mm-hmm. books about it, those 1,000 core followers. But those 1,000 people will change as you change. So don't hold on to, but my audience wants this, but these people want that. You hold on to what your soul is telling you. You hold on to your nuggets of inspiration and those 1000 people will find you who need your message at the time. Truth, truth, truth. You know, it's like we, we go through different seasons and different stages and the, the, I've been evolving into this, the stage that I'm at right now, like I can't even play the masculine game anymore. Like I can't even 
attached to what's linear or probable or predictable. And I'm just obsessed with like evolving into let it be easy. I'm obsessed with get paid to be you. I'm obsessed with like the feminine desires. They're there for a reason. And those are your roadmaps, like all the opposites of what the Western world typically teaches. And that's why I love you, Sahara, and your message so much and just everything that you've been talking about and sharing today. Because as a society, and particularly as women, that we make the feminine our default and then back it up with the masculine versus the, you know, vice versa. Like we're just going to see this unleashing, this flourishing, and ultimately this like such bigger success, not doing it the practical way. I've seen it in my own life. The, the times when I was just like, I want to host a private dinner in front of the pyramids or do a mastermind on a yacht and Mika. And people are like, what are you doing? It's like, it was my greatest joy. Like when I thought about what was the most pleasurable way for me to make money, not like what I thought would really sell. It was like that, that became the standout, but I wasn't trying to be a standout. I was just really committed to living in my joy or as you would say, my dharma. So absolutely. And I think that a lot of people have that feeling of like, who am I? who am I to do it this way? I've never seen it been done like this. I've only seen successful people following this path. So this must be the paved path to success. So, you know, that's why I love the title of your book. It's audacity, Mm -hmm. it's courage, it's strength. And for every single person, it's going to show up differently. Like I share that there's actually three ways of getting to your Dharma. So one of them is people will take the leap. So the leap is like, I'm just going to do it this way. I don't care even if I have to like live in a van, I'm going to do it. But for some people that can feel a little bit intense and that actually might not be their best work. For other people, it's the transition. So maybe you're at a job that it's not totally intolerable, but it's not your purpose. So you start to learn, you take classes, you, you try different things, you build that up to a point that you could, you know, sustain your life off of it. And then you kind of do the slow fade away and move into that Dharma Or for some people, it's an accident. The accidental dharma is when it finds you of you're just living your life and then suddenly you go to a breathwork class or you get your hands on a pottery wheel and you're like, this is actually what I meant to do. So it's so important for people to realize that it's not just one way. Our society also often really celebrates people who are like, I took a risk and I made it and here I am. And it's like, you know, especially if you have a family that you're supporting or something like something else that you don't do well in a huge risk, it could be that huge transition. However, the transition is actually more difficult. And the reason why is because you don't have that same fire under your ass, right? You don't have that same, like, okay, if I don't make a change, like everything is on stake. So if you are someone's listening, who's more like, I don't know if I'm just going to like throw a dinner party at the pyramids tomorrow, but like, that sounds like something I, I, you know, kind of the type of thing I'd want to do one day. How can you slowly start to transition into that, you know, take your foot off of that weight so much and step into this more feminine gain the trust. Okay. Am I safe doing this? Am I safe doing that? Mm -hmm. And then you're able to see, I will be able to be fully received in me blossoming into my feminine. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I think that one piece of your Dharma that you just so beautifully are a role model for is getting paid to be you. And I just, I want to see that for so many more women because I love everything that you're talking about. Just 
be yourself and, and particularly taking these pieces that you think are the least attractive, that are the most repelling, that are the least money-making and share, like share the real you with the world, share mm-hmm. the, the totality. Um, you know, I think, you know, when I talk about queenhood versus princess, it's like the queen within gets the totality of life, gets the totality of the the light and dark shadow side of each individual human. And it's the princess that thinks like, oh, I have to look perfect and sound perfect and be perfect to be liked. Mm. Um, and it's just not, not the, not the power and not the truth of it. Mm. So Sahara, what's your desired takeaway for women who read your newest book? Mm, it is first of all, to give them permission to fully be themselves and to ask the questions, the bigger questions, you know, the questions that may be so difficult or when you ask them, you don't know an answer. So it scares you to ask it again. Mm. Ask those questions and sit enough to listen to the answer. Mm. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Share with everyone and we'll have it in the show notes as well. Where, where can they find you? Where do they buy the book? All the things. Yeah. So they can get the book, Discover Your Dharma. It's available at bookstores anywhere. And if they submit their receipt at IamSaharose.com slash Dharma, you're able to get extra meditations, tapping practices, and so much more. I also have a Dharma archetype quiz. So if you are curious about your Dharma archetype, you can take that over at DharmaArchetypeQuiz.com. And my Instagram is at IamSaharose and would love to connect with you, see your results and sit and queendom with all of us together. Yes, yes, yes. And if you're one of the 25 million who are not subscribed to her podcast, definitely subscribe to Highest Self and give everyone a a brief intro about Rose Gold Goddesses too. Yeah. So Rose Gold Goddesses is the Sacred Sisterhood Collective about honoring the goddess within. So every single month we work with a different goddess archetype. So last month it was Caridwen and healing the mother wound. We've worked with Ichel connecting to our womb wisdom, Kalima connecting to our wild energy. And it's really seeing that all of these goddesses exist inside of ourselves and that when we can tap into these different archetypes and elements within us, we become whole and complete as a person. Oh, it's such a beautiful membership. I've uh, had the honor and privilege of speaking inside of it. The women are amazing. Um, And where can people check that one out? Yeah, so they can find that at rosegoldgoddesses.com. Awesome, awesome. Sahara, as always, it's such a joy to be in your presence. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. I'm so excited to read your new book. I know it's just going to be an unleashing that women like us must, must experience in 2021. Mm, Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure to be on. All right, my beautiful. I hope that you have loved this episode and it has been a blessing in your life. And if you could use a little extra love and support in sisterhood, I want to invite you to join me in my global community in the Audacity to be Queen free companion course. This is completely free. And when you go to divineliving.com forward slash audacity, you're going to get meditations. You're going to get videos. You're going to get workbooks. You're going to get Q&A call replays with me. It's just a whole bunch of positive programming completely for free. I want to make sure that you have this love in your life. So go get it now at divineliving.com forward slash audacity.